You're listening to the Real Estate Runway Podcast, powered by Quattro Capital, where we are all about alternative business and investment strategies to help you amplify life and maximize wealth. Here's your host, the recovering engineer turned multifamily investor, Chad Sutton. All right, Real Estate Runway family. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Amy Silvis, and she's actually one of the Quattro Capital Alliance partners. I'm so excited to finally have her on the show as it's been about six to eight months since we've been begin talking about this. And she just has one of the most amazing stories. I mean, she was diagnosed with a deadly disease as a child. She's lived through it, you know, been able to see a life-changing drug developed that is enabled her to live past 16 years of age. And she's now well into well, I guess she's just now in her 40s and she's just done amazing things, whether it's been raising capital for the development of that drug or working in the biotech industry or now really applying her gifts to better people's lives by investing in multifamily projects and you know working on improving the lives of tenants and, the, and those of her investors that she supports while on her quest to divorce time from income. Without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce Amy Silvis. All right, Real Estate Runway family, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Runway podcast. I'm your host, Chad Sutton, and I am joined today with a very special guest, the one, the only, Amy Silvis. Amy is a recovering biotech professional turned multifamily investor and operator. She's currently one of our alliance partners with the Quattro Capital team, working mostly on the acquisition side. She also does some operations and investor relations work as well, specifically for the deals that she has closed with us. And she really has a passion for nerding out on market research, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point. She's currently on the general partnership and limited partnership side of several deals in the Tennessee and Georgia area with Quattro Capital and recently closed on a 58-unit multifamily community in Clarksville, Tennessee, just outside of the Nashville MSA. So without further ado, Amy, welcome to the show. How are you? Chad, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. And thanks so much for having me. I feel so blessed. Hey, this this show has been a long time coming. I know we've talked about it for like eight months and we finally have gotten (laughs) down to recording it. So thank you for being here. I really appreciate you giving us some of your valuable time. You got it. Thank you again. Well, real quickly, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of go through and introduce to us who is Amy Silvis? What got you to the place you are today? You know, how did you come to find Team Quattro and, and how did we come to start working together? Give us the story here and then we'll, we'll really get into some meat. All right. Sure thing. So I am from Pasadena, California, home of the Rose Bowl. Grew up with two amazing parents that, you know, kind of a middle class life. Father does manual labor, still does to this day as a 67-year-old, and I have a loving mother. I actually grew up with some health challenges, which we'll talk, I'm sure, a little bit about during the podcast, but had a normal childhood and decided to go into biotech and pharmaceuticals because I had such a passion to serve others. It seemed to be like a great avenue to go ahead and treat people and help people out during some of the toughest times of their lives. Fast forward to around 2010, I picked up a book at the local Santa Monica library called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and my head exploded. I couldn't believe how much of a paradigm shift that book was. Helped me understand cash flow, residual income, passive income, and really it opened my eyes as to what was possible. I've always had a huge dream, again, going back to the biotech and pharmaceutical theme, to give back to others, but felt like I really kind of was hitting a ceiling in that respect with what I could do with only 24 hours in a day and a limited W-2 income. It took me nearly 10 years to crack into multifamily, but my motivation was because I really understood multifamily would give me the time and the funds to give back to others. And of course, 
take care of our residents as well. So it's kind of a short little synopsis there of where I came from and where I'm going. But uh, feel free to dig in, Chad. I love it. I love it. And, I, you know, if you'd be open to it, I really would like to hear about some of those health challenges that you had, because Absolutely. just knowing this amazing story. And and honestly, if, if Amy hadn't told you this, you'd never know, because she just she radiates positivity. It's almost like sickening, actually. She radiates positively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we, we make it we, we have a little saying here, like being mad at Amy is like punching a puppy. You just can't do it. You know, so we <laughs> But we love that just the person that she is. And, and when you when you think about the the hand she was dealt as a child, you know, and, and the fact that she was able to live such a normal life, normal quote. Right. And I mean, who really has a normal life? But then to go and do the things that she has, it's just quite an amazing mindset feat. So I'd love if you if you just give us a little bit of insight into that. You got it. You got it. You got it. Thanks for the, for the kind words. I think <laughs> the puppy. So I was born with cystic fibrosis. I was diagnosed at six months of age. Most people have kind of heard of the illness, but maybe not might not know all about it, but it is a genetic illness that primarily impacts my lungs. And it makes me teary-eyed a little bit to think of my parents holding me as a six-month-old being told from uh, my physicians that I would live to be maybe about 16 years old. Pretty big surprise. My parents had no idea they were silent carriers, but to their credit, and maybe I wasn't always so grateful when I was young, but they raised me as just a normal person. In fact, I think they knew that I was going to have some challenges growing up. And so they didn't let me get away with anything. I lived, you know, a very disciplined life, had to make grades and never was able to use CF as an excuse. And it really gave me a drive because I really, you know, folks didn't have an expectation for me, not only to have a long life, but then to go to college, go to grad school, hold down a full-time job. And so why not multifamily? <laughs> why not hit that, that big, hairy, audacious goal as well? Unfortunately, I had to stop working full-time in 2017 just because my health continued to deteriorate. Thankfully, I lived past 16 years old, as you can see, all 40 years old of me, but the nature of the disease is progressive. My lungs deteriorated. I was in and out of the hospital while trying to hold down a full-time job. And one of the most difficult decisions I ever had to make was to stop working and kind of commit myself full-time to just taking care of my health. But uh, as with all setbacks, uh, the comeback is amazing. So Chad, I don't know if you want me to give the spoiler alert now and get into it, or we can touch on it later. You let me know. I'd, I'd love for you to touch it. And honest, and I'm really glad sure. that you touched on your age. So I was like, is it appropriate to ask a woman her age in this scenario where she <laughs> said I live past 16? So I'm glad you did that yes. for me. But yes, yeah, yes, I mean, yes. yeah give, give this to the audience. I want them to hear the good part of the story. And then we'll get into sure. what you've done since then, because that's, that's also of phenomenal. Of course. So the great part of the story is about a year and a half ago, a new medication came to the market for about 90% of people with cystic fibrosis. And it's a complete game changer, just absolutely incredible. And it's really changed my life completely. I'm no longer in and out of the hospital. My lungs are doing great. And uh, one of the best compliments anyone could ever give me, what Chad said earlier, I just kind of look like a normal person. And yeah, my age is something I celebrate. Age is a gift. So I'm 40 years old, y'all. <laughs> It's great. That is fantastic. And and I think you actually mentioned that you did quite a bit of supportive funding and things of that sort for that. I mean, you know, I don't, how did you accomplish that? Of course, of course. Are you talking about the new medication, how that yeah, kind of yeah, came yeah. to be? Yeah, absolutely. The Cystic Fibrosis uh, Foundation kind of took on this new model called venture philanthropy. Essentially, CF is an orphan disease. So there are only 30,000 of us in the United States. We're a tiny, tiny population. You can imagine being a drug company that has to pour in $2 billion to either develop a drug for heart disease, which a lot of people have, unfortunately, or cystic fibrosis, where your target population is maybe 
30,000 in the U.S., 70,000 worldwide. Choice is easy. You're going to choose heart disease seven days a week, twice on Sundays. So the CF Foundation came up with this model where they partnered with small biotech companies and said, hey, we're going to subsidize your R&D through donation. And wouldn't you know it, the model worked. So I spent a lot of my childhood, teenage years, 20s and 30s, basically running around hustling for donations to fund this medication. And how cool is it to be able to tell people now, you know, hey, because of your donations, we're li- my community is living and thriving. So it's an incredible story. Not only did you help, I'm, I'm going to say single-handedly because it sounds cool. Not only did you help, you know, <laughs> multi-handedly, you, you really helped yeah. this, this drug become what it is today for yourself and your population. But hell, that's a skill that I think has really served you pretty well in the area you are today, right? I mean, you've been able to pretty naturally attract people in this in this situation where they're going to get a return on their investment, not not just good feelings, right? So <laughs> that's it's uh, makes that pretty easy for you, I think. You're absolutely right. Yeah, people are everything, and understanding what motivates them and you know what makes them want to do something is is exciting. Well, I'm glad we've been able to give the audience a, a good look into who Amy is and and just the, the the positive flow that comes out of her all the time. You know, let's take that into your your transition into multifamily. Why did you go that direction? What it sounds like you had quite the hardship getting into it. You know, and now you're just a successful entrepreneur in real estate. So, how do we go from A to B? I stand on the shoulders of giants, that's for sure. Well, as I alluded to earlier, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I really understood that multifamily was a way for me to be able to be the impact I want on the world. As you can also imagine that I didn't mention earlier, kind of understanding that perhaps one day I wasn't going to be able to work full time. I wasn't going to be able to trade my time for money because my health wasn't going to be where it needed to be. So multifamily was really this amazing coupling of fulfilling kind of my my higher self and my goal to help the world, but also to be able to support myself. So I went straight in as I do with many things in 2011, just a short year later, decided to try to find multifamily local to the Los Angeles market. And wouldn't you know it, I ended up in the hospital. This was all while working full time. And essentially you repeat that scenario several other times over the next 10 years. And that was kind of where I landed. And to be honest, it was tough. I questioned myself quite a bit as to why this was still on my heart. You know, clearly the odds were perhaps you could say stacked against me. And despite my best efforts, I kept hitting stumbling block after stumbling block. But thankfully, that isn't the end of the story, right? And and I'm sure everyone in the audience can relate. We've all had dreams or things that we wanted to go after. And any dream worth accomplishing isn't going to be easy. Some would even say the obstacle is the way, right? So here we are. Obviously, we can talk about time partnership with Quattro Capital and how amazing you all have been uh, to help me succeed. But it was quite a journey over 10 years. So it was a great victory when I finally closed on my first property. I love it. And so for most people, this concept of, of quote, passive income and divorcing your time from your money is a desire, right? You viewed it as a necessity. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, it was, I saw the writing on the wall. Uh, you know, part of being born with an illness, I think has made me very practical and very, you know, here are the cards I'm dealt. I can either be upset and woe is me, or I can understand how to play these cards the best way I possibly can. So yeah, it was, it was a strategy and a tactic that I thought would serve me very well because I'm stubbornly self-reliant and always want to yes. make sure I could support myself. <laughs> we, should all, we should all be that kind of card player. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So tell us about the first deal that you got into. If you want to start with the one that failed, I know the first time we worked together, we had one that we had to pull out of because of 
timing and then you stuck with us and did a lot of other things with us building Quattro Capital. And then eventually we bought some Nashville property. So <laughs> yes, yes. So as is typical me, another, a few other stumbling blocks, but I had the great fortune of listening to a podcast uh, where Maurice Philogene, I think many people know his name in this industry, was talking about, you know, not just the wealth side of multifamily, but the time freedom the the people freedom, the the geographic freedom, of course, the freedom to give back to others. What he was saying on that podcast resonated with me so strongly. Uh, we connected right away. And I just so happened to have identified at the same time a deal in Southern Indiana that was the first one I had under contract all on my own. But I soon realized, even though I am the stubborn kind of self-reliant person I'd like to be, that this is a team sport without a doubt. And wouldn't you know, I stumbled on quite an incredible group with Quattro that I was able to partner with. Unfortunately, and Chad, let me know if you want me to go down this route, but unfortunately, the deal didn't pan out, which is okay. You know, they tell you when you're studying not to fall in love with every single deal, you want to be very objective and make sure you measure and, you know, do, do very analytical calculations about the deal. And when we were under due diligence, the seller's information simply didn't match up with kind of what they had originally told us. So my first lesson and at least with having a deal under contract brush my shoulders off and on to the next it's a disappointment but it ended up turning out for the best yeah and i think part of the other part of the equation was you know we might have taken the risk with that one had the situation been different but unfortunately we were also just entering the covid pandemic at that time which had a lot of uncertainty yep. and so we're like well if we if we can't even rely on the books at this point can we withstand the turnaround that's going to be required to in hindsight 2020 we probably should have bought it we probably would have done just fine but hindsight is always 2020 right absolutely absolutely but it ended up being an incredible time for us to all meet each other and yeah. get to know each other as you as you alluded to so everything turns out to be a blessing including that yeah yeah so maybe you know, from there, let's talk about, you know, kind of what we did together as Amy and Quattro Capital between now and then. And then let's get into this deal that we just closed, you know, in, in Clarksville, Tennessee. Definitely. Well, I think, you know, the first step that I saw is a very valuable opportunity to have, you know, to, to add value, but to also kind of partner and continue to get to know you all was investing in a JV you all had in Knoxville, Tennessee. So again, you know, a great opportunity to be able to understand kind of how Quattro did business and, and learn on the job, but also help you all with the raise through my own uh, kind of equity contribution. And around the same time, I got this market research itch. And Kim will probably tell you, I, I was relentless <laughs> trying to figure out how I could help the team in one way or another. And market research seemed to be a really good fit. I love to travel. And there's something about scratching that travel itch, even virtually from my home office of looking at analytical data, looking at a map and really kind of exploring what's going on in the local area, sometimes of part of the country that I've never been or I'm interested in going to. So the name of the game at that point was just for me trying to figure out how to add value to you all. I loved your values. I loved how you guys did business. And I wanted to find a way to, to make sure we can continue to partner. And I got, I got to interject there because that is fantastic. That's exactly where I was wanting you to go. And for the listeners out there, if you're in our listener base, who's trying to break into this industry or trying to break into anything new, right? Amy took a different approach than most people do. She wasn't just after money. She was after value and experience, right? And so in the beginning, when, when quite frankly, Quattro didn't know Amy from Bob, right? She found a way to add value and she quickly, quickly became one of the key players on our team. Like we couldn't live without Amy at this point, you know? 
And so all while exuding this can do confident at, you know, and positive attitude that makes you, you can't, you know, you can't be mad because you want to punch a puppy. I'm going to keep saying that. She, she, she loves when I say that I actually send her the little emoji of the fist and the puppy sometimes <laughs> on the text. But I love that though, because you made yourself valuable and you made yourself indispensable, right? All while, you know, building a partnership with, with our team and then, what you were ultimately after came and is about to come again and again and again, you know? So just wanted to, to highlight that. That's probably, probably part of my favorite part of your story is how you made success happen. You know? Appreciate that. And I don't want to cut you off, but if anyone has read the book, uh, the go-giver, I forget the author, but essentially the premise is, is if you want something, you better hurry up and start giving. It may be counterintuitive to folks, but it works every time it's tried. It does. And it's kind of this selfless disposition of figuring out what other people want. And the laws of the universe, the laws of reciprocity mean the more you're out there giving, you're going to start to receive. So it's a great law. It worked this time as well, which I'm very glad it did. 100%, 100%. So now let's take that to the next level. And let's talk about this property that we just bought together in Clarksville. How did you find the deal? How did you win the deal? You can even talk bad about me for how I passed on it a year prior, if you like. And <laughs> and let's go from there and, and maybe talk about what you're doing as an ongoing basis as well. It's not all just about acquisitions, right? Absolutely. So yeah, Chad, as you mentioned, this deal is in Clarksville, Tennessee, which turns out to be a really thriving submarket of Nashville that is exploding right now. And yeah, Chad, you did take a look at it about six months before, but to your credit, the market hadn't really taken off as much as when we took a look at it again at the beginning of 2021. So it was a deal brought to us by a broker that we had an existing relationship to. Shout out to Zach. And it was a phenomenal deal right the right size for us obviously kind of in that 58 unit range and it was a tremendous opportunity to do a light value add improve the lives of our tenants obviously help our our partners that partnered with us on the deal and it's exciting we we closed a few weeks ago and I'm still pinching myself because it's just such a great opportunity absolutely now did we have any challenges as we went through the acquisition phase we did we did we did thanks for that uh, for teeing that up well, unfortunately, because it is a scatter site property, so meaning this isn't one just giant 58 unit building, this is actually a neighborhood, which is a plus because this market really has a gorgeous hometown neighborhood type feel, which if you ever rented an apartment, that's kind of a nice thing to feel like maybe you're renting a house or a little bit of a gorgeous community. But unfortunately, the first lender we approached didn't like that fact and passed on the deal, which was hard. Obviously, you know, part of working with Quattro Capital, we want to make things easy. We want to be easy to do business with. We want to be responsive and having to go back to the seller and say, hey, you know, we're going to need an extension and pivot to another lender was probably the most difficult part of the deal for me because relationships mean a lot. And when I know I'm going to cause someone stress or pain, it, it's, it's brutal. But the theme that I remember very distinctly, Chad and I talking on the phone when I wasn't overly upset, he told me that the lender had passed on the deal was this or something better, Lord? And wouldn't you know it, the terms ended up being more favorable for our investors. We're able to put in a bit more money into the deal to improve the lives of the tenants. And although the deal was delayed by a few months, everything worked out for the better. So great lesson and great reminder. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's always important. Nothing is ever going to go smoothly in this business. I don't care if you're an, if you're an LP investor, if you're a sponsor, if you're a sponsee and learning to get into this, 
you're going to get punched in the mouth a lot, right? And and it's really, I think Mike Tyson said it best. Everyone got a plan to get punched in the mouth, you know? And <laughs> it's how you re, it's how you react. It's how you you roll with the punches and you adjust. And I, don't, I mean, roll with the punches is just a phrase, but literally, like, if you can see me on screen, I'm rolling to the side to get out of the way, right? So it, it's all about how you react. And the difference in people who succeed in this business and those who last for a lifetime in this business are those who are able to roll with the punches you're going to get hit with. I mean, this is a, we're in the people business, y'all. You think we're in the real estate business? Whether you're talking about relationships with brokers, relationships with investors, relationships with our tenants, right? We are in the people business and people are messy, right? Even when you're talking about relationships with sellers, they all have hidden agendas, you know, people are messy. And so you're going to see that stuff pop up. So anyway, in Soapbox, I just wanted to interject there on your, your comment. <laughs> if I could add one other thing to stack on that, Chad, from my perspective as well, and for folks looking to get into this industry, start your first deal, or even continue to scale, I think this scenario also highlights why being on a team is so incredible. We all have different skill sets. We all have different experience and someone new to the industry. I was able to talk to you, to, to Kim, to Aaron, to Tammy and to Mo about, Hey, you know, this has happened. How do we best approach this? How do we, how, how do we make sure that the relationship stays in place and we continue to move forward to close on the deal? So credit to Quattro Capital. And of course, just being a great partner there to be able to make all this happen and be a great support system. Hey, thank you for the kind words. And, and, you know, another thing here, when you invest in people, they invest in you. So, you know, we're, we're happy to invest in people like, you know, Amy Silvis here because we're going places together and it's a fantastic thing. You, you are more together, better together. All right. Well, Amy, this has been a fantastic episode. And actually, before I transition us to the Quattro Trio, I would love to hear what you're going to do in this Clarksville deal ongoing. I mean, the, the acquisition is done, but what are your responsibilities? Yeah. What are you going to maintain as we continue through the life of this of this project? Love it. Well, we've already kicked up kicked off our CapEx plan. We are going to be renovating about half of the units, bringing them up to kind of where market is. We've tested the market and understood really what tenants are requesting, what they desire in the area. We're going to do a great job of, you know, a little touch up painting, make landscaping nice, make sure we actually are going to put some washer and dryer in some units. So this isn't a heavy lift. This is a class B product and kind of a neighborhood type environment, but there's still, there's still a great opportunity to make the tenant, the residents, excuse me, lives better by just doing some light touches, fixing some windows, adding some shutters, that type of thing. Love it. Love it. So not only did she drive the takedown of this deal, she's also going to be driving the asset management of it with our with our help. So it's a fantastic way to get your gloves on, right? Telling you. All right. Well, I saw you chuckle earlier when I said this, but we're going to transition now to the Quattro Trio. Three questions we ask every single person that <laughs> is on this show. So Amy, what is your superpower in this business and how do you how does it manifest itself? Well, if I had to choose one, I, I would say either market research or people. I'm going to emphasize the people part. I know we talked about market research already. And to me, everyone is a person, everyone is a friend I just haven't met yet. I love understanding what makes people tick. I love understanding their, their why, what makes them happy, what their pain points are, and even more importantly, solving any problems that they have. It brings me a lot of joy. 
I believe in the goodness of everybody. And I think there are always win-win situations. I may be a little Pollyanna like that, but even back in my biotech days, I knew, and I've heard Chad, you say this very eloquently, there's always a way to be on the same side of the table, on the same side of a deal to where everyone benefits. So seeing at the beginning of my career now in this industry, that playing out just feeds me even more to find more opportunities to to get people where they want to go and help them achieve their goals. I love that. That's absolutely fantastic. 100% agree. And now for the dirt. All right. We've heard a lot of your successes, but what is your biggest failure and what did it teach you? That's a tough one. All right. My biggest failure. You know, I would have to say my biggest failure, we're talking in real estate, right? Or just in general in real estate? This can be life, business or real estate. Okay. All right. I had a really strong lecture, kind of an opportunity to understand culture and values about 15 years ago when I was doing an internship at an organization. You know, one of the things we talk about people and, you know, this is a team sport, but this isn't just about having the same goals. This isn't just having this, you know, kind of the same geographic interest or industry interest. It is really about understanding what your values are. It's great to do good things when times are happy, things are easy. It is really hard to find folks that will honor their word. They will do what they say they're going to do, even when it's difficult. So long story short, I was at a company where the values just kind of didn't fit me. I wasn't wise enough at the time because I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. I wanted the prestige of the job of the industry. That I was more questioning myself of, oh, I must be misperceiving this, or I must be, you know, not understanding, or I must not be good enough myself to kind of fit within this organization. And the failure there was I stayed at the organization much longer than I should have because I wasn't true to myself and understanding the values. So I lost some time, probably of no surprise. I didn't perform to my ability. All of that is really wrapped up in the fact that I wasn't really living out my values and understanding that. So it was it was a big step back in my career, but it taught me more than I think any success could have. And it serves me today because values are always at the top of my mind, whether it's you know personal or especially in business, looking to do partnerships. Hopefully that makes sense. It really does. And I can't empathize with that enough. You know, I also share that experience, maybe not to the same degree, I don't know, but being in a place where you're unhappy and feeling immoral about yourself, life is too short, you know? And so I I would argue that you didn't waste time. I think it made you part of who you are today. So that's helpful. Appreciate that. The third question, you know, one of the four quattro pillars is philanthropy. I'd love to hear what philanthropies you support and what our listeners can support on your behalf. Appreciate that. I love that you guys asked this question. I've heard others talk about it in the podcast and I've learned so much. So I appreciate the opportunity. You may have heard me at the beginning of the podcast mention the new medication that I'm on, this miraculous medication, has benefited about 90% of people with cystic fibrosis. There are still 10% of people with the illness, and I won't dive into the why, but do not have a highly effective medication that's given the benefits to, to the rest of the population. I'm fortunate that I'm in that 90%. But imagine seeing almost everyone else with your illness have their lives change, have their lives improve, and you're kind of the one left behind. I think about this every day. I have dear friends that are in this group and it's tough. But thankfully, there are organizations out there that are just blasting through research that are making sure that these 10% of people with CF aren't left behind, namely Emily's Entourage. So I have a dear friend named Emily kramer Golenkoff. She is around 34 with cystic fibrosis and she is a brilliant mind. She and her family are heading up this large uh, nonprofit to find new drugs that will be able to help 
the rest of the 10% of the population. And then if I could add one more, I know you said one, but I'm still going to, I'm going to steam all over this. <laughs> if you don't mind, thank you. Uh, the Boomer Esiason Foundation. What's really special, Gunner is a dear, dear friend of mine. We've been friends for decades. Is His foundation actually addresses some of the costs associated with having cystic fibrosis, whether it's costs for lung transplant, which some folks still need, whether it's scholarships to further education, even disaster relief. You know, sometimes people have to evacuate their homes and you know, that can be very, very costly. Having a chronic illness isn't cheap. So I love that the Boomer Esiason Foundation is able to address not only, you know, the scientific aspect of the disease, but just the lifestyle to provide support. So Emily's Entourage, Boomer Esiason Foundation, I love them and I support them with everything I have. I love it. I love it. And folks, the links to those websites and the names will be in the show notes. Don't feel like you have to write this down while you're driving down the road. Just scroll down after the episode. Amy, this has been a fantastic episode. I need you to tell us how can our listeners reach out to you and make contact should they desire to do so? Absolutely. So I am Amy Silvis on LinkedIn. My last name is a little silly, you know, funny spelled, but a chat I'm sure you'll have in the episode. S-Y-L-V-I-S. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also very honored to be on the Quattro Capital website. So you can find me under Alliance Partners at thequattroway.com. Fantastic. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show today. It is truly a pleasure to finally have the privilege of interviewing you. I believe maybe I'm the first podcast to have you on. Is that true? You are, you are, you are. Thank you again for the opportunity, Chad. This means the world. And I'm just so excited to be able to work with you every day. Good. I was hoping I did just set myself up for heartbreak right here live on the air. <laughs> be the first, But that's okay. We're, we're good. We're good. All right, everyone. This has been another episode of the Real Estate Runway Podcast. Over and out. How is your company managing your capital raising process? Syndication Pro is the number one solution to help real estate syndicators and fund managers automate fundraising, investor relations, and reporting. Syndication Pro is a solution that is trusted by hundreds of firms, large and small, with billions being managed within the platform. Here at Quattro Capital, we have seen a drastic improvement in our ability to provide better customer support to our investors, a co-sponsor module to our alliance partners when partnering on new acquisitions, ACH distributions, an SEC compliance CRM, and even the ability to take soft reservations on upcoming projects. Look for the link in the show notes to try Syndication Pro risk-free for seven days. We hope this episode was insightful and brought value to your day. If so, please be awesome and leave us a five-star review. Find out how Team Quattro can help you at thequattroway.com. Until next time, this is the Real Estate Runway Podcast.